and we are back with another week of the Let's Talk About It podcast after last week's episode and messed up audio. We have returned. Hello. I'm here with Pedro and Jason, and I am Ruben. We have lots of news for you guys today. Um, I believe... Are we going to start it per usual, Pedro? With the text section, you got it. I got lots of little little peppered stories to go uh, with today's episode, so let's jump to it. So, uh, First things first, um, actually this is hot off the press because this happened today, about six hours ago. So um, apparently there was an outage at the cloud, um, and outage caused... Uh, lights to go down, so that's a, a hefty list of uh, Discord, uh, Down Detector, Riot Games, Destiny, Patreon, and Avi. Uh, they were all affected and they were uh, down for a while there too. So um, that's a, that's a pretty mad uh, outage there. So um, earlier today, uh, when the outages were happening, Discord uh, tweeted publicly, and they said users are currently having trouble disconnecting due to an upstream internet issue. We've got all engineers on deck investigating the issue. Um, and uh, I guess that investigation is that there was an outage at Cloudflare, their host service. So, um, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, there was a big old outage there today. Um, and then, uh, early, and then uh, later today, uh, Cloudflare's CEO, Matthew Prince, uh, uh, said that a route in Atlanta had an error that caused bad routes across our backbone that resulted in misrouted traffic to a pop that connects to our backbone. So uh, that's uh, on on them, really. <laughs> a bad router, quote unquote. I'm pretty sure there's nothing. There's something uh, more to that story is developing, but it just happened today. So give it some time, and we'll we'll figure out what exactly went on there. Um, but uh, moving on from that, we got some new rumors on the new uh, Ampere GPUs. So latest rumor from the rumor mill regarding that is that the new cards are rumored or actually kind of semi-confirmed to have 12-pin power connector <laughs> on deck. So um, that's really interesting because most high-end uh, GPUs now have uh, either like 8-pin connectors, full 8-pin connectors, um, and that's really for the connections that come out of power supplies. But if this is indeed true, <laughs> um, it's going to be ridiculous for people who want to buy the high-end Ampere GPUs from NVIDIA because the full-pin power connector uh, standard isn't really something that looted on power supplies and PCs right now, even some of the higher-end ones. So uh, if... You know, possibly if people want to uh, invest in the new Ampere NVIDIA GPU, the next generation of GPUs that are rumored to be announced by the end of this year, um, you may have to overhaul your entire build with the, the beefier, uh, the beefier power supply, and that's the last thing people want to upgrade when they're buying a new GPU, right? So, um, yeah, it's definitely definitely interesting there, and that also leads us into some calculations as to how much power draw these new GPUs are gonna are gonna be pulling, and uh, you know, small 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 number. Although we don't really know the number that uh, uh, you know that uh, the power draw is going to be. So um, have to we'll have to wait and see. Going on there, it's gonna be wild. Um, moving on from that story there, um, there was so some AMD news in this past week. So AMD announced their first 64-core um, uh, Ryzen Threat Pro workstation uh, CPUs. And they actually launched it with uh, in partnership with Lenovo, of all places and all companies. So um, with Lenovo, they announced the new ThinkStation P620. Uh, they call it the pinnacle of performance for modern professionals. So, uh, you know, these desktop machines from Lenovo, the ThinkStations, um, they are supercharged with AMD Pro technologies, AMD Ryzen Threadripper processors, um, which are banking new there. And so the, the CPU, particularly in this ThinkStation P620, is a Ryzen Threadripper Pro 3995WX, and it offers up to 27% better multi-threaded performance over 
um, like a comparable Intel Xeon, so to speak. Um, and that's their, uh, Intel's uh, dual CPU Xeon workstations. So, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive numbers there. Of course, these are numbers straight from AMD. And so they always tend to be inflated when they come straight from the factor in that regard. But nonetheless, if it's even 25, 20% more, those are still impressive numbers. So um, as far as uh, the other specs that are included, and this, this is the Lenovo ThinkStation uh, desktops, uh, you know, besides the 64-core and 128-thread Ryzen Pro processors. Um, these processors are uh, slated to boost up to 42 gigahertz across all cores and have a base frequency 0.7 gigahertz. Um, they're going to have up to 288 megabytes of level 2 and level 3 cache uh, combined together. Uh, a total of 128 PCIe 4.0 lanes, so you're going to be connecting lots of uh, drives and peripherals to that. Uh, they're slated to have a 280-watt TDP, so they're going to be toasty. Um, and they're also going to support up to 8-channel ECC UDIM, RDIM, and LRDIM memory. So. Uh, these are no laughing matters when it comes to raw performance. Um, now, of course, these uh, Ryzen Pro processors and Lenovo ThinkStation uh, P600 series uh, desktops—they're—they're they're not really meant for uh, you know the the usual lad. They're not meant for us to game on. They're—they're they're meant for serious works. Uh, you know, they're meant for uh, you know simulations. They're uh, for scientific calculations, huge number crunching, that sort of thing. Um, and usually the price for these workstations are, you know, reflect that too. They tend to be in the whole several thousand, maybe ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar range for these machines. Um, as far as what I have seen, I haven't, I haven't seen any uh, numbers for this particular workstation, the Lenovo station ones with these uh, Threadripper Pros in there. But, uh, like I said, they're gonna, they're gonna be expensive little boys. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But no, no product been announced. From what I have read on that, um, but it's okay because I don't think any of us are going to buy that anytime soon. So <laughs> uh, well, I think I, I can live with that. I can emulate Doom. Huh? I want to get one to emulate Doom at 60 FPS. Yeah, I want to get one so I can play Doom 64 times at the same time. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> I think that's doable. I think I think the CPUs can handle it. Um, but uh, other news here, uh, there's uh, the story about, well, this is like a super tech, uh, you know, story, but it's an important one nonetheless. Um, the FCC in the past couple of years, you know, Patrick kind of gained a bad rep, um, you know, here in the U.S. with uh, letting that happen. Ajit Pai, of course, is still a terrible man, in my opinion. Uh, but uh mean that the FCC can't get good things done here, and so... Uh, on Thursday, so uh, July 16th, the FCC voted to approve a hotline number for the National Space Line. And so um, the proposal here is that the number is going to be 988 the National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline. And uh, that number will be uh, a available to use in the UT22. So not too far off, in about a year and a half. So. Um, uh, you know that's a, you know that's something principally nowadays with you know a lot of people dealing with anxiety, a lot of people dealing with depression. Um, you know, just not too long ago, you know, I think what was it two weeks ago, we uh, lost one in our community just suicide, a very very famous streamer, um, and a lot of people in that. So, um, you know, the the numbers you know add up, and, and the FD has seen that, and so that's a. Uh, uh, you know, that uh, has fueled the, this voting uh, opinion here in the FCD. So, um, uh, you know, if it, if it does pass, which I don't see why it would pass, um, it would be, be a good resource. It would be something that's, that's good for the people. Um, their goal is to make it as easy to remember as 911 for emergencies um, because it's, you know, just as, uh, you know, just as urgent or just as important as having that 911 number there. So... Um, as far as their official statement on that, um, they've said uh, the FCC has said uh, that VoiceOver has its benefits, but it's not native for most young people. Um, so I regret today's decision uh, anchored in older technologies and takes a pass on developing texting capabilities with this three-digit hotline. We should have done so here. So of course, 
you know, it's, it's just a, a voice line. It's not like a, you know, a texting line. Um, but, uh, you know, we got to start somewhere. So, so I think that's good. I think that's good. Uh, um, one last tech story for today. It's actually something uh, a little more on the lighter side here just to end off the tech section. Um, but earlier this week, there was a massive Twitter hack. Um, and it resulted in one of the uh, in one of the largest Bitcoin uh, public Bitcoin scams uh, that has happened in recent years here. So apparently there was a there was an attack on Twitter Wednesday, and uh, these attackers gained access to a couple of really high profile Twitter accounts, uh, including but not limited to uh, uh, Apple, Joe Biden, Obama. Elon Musk <laughs> and a couple of other very high-profile people on Twitter, and so basically these these attackers gained access to these Twitter accounts, and they ran a Bitcoin a Bitcoin doubling uh, scheme. Uh, and so for for those of you who don't know what a doubling scheme is, basically when people try to, uh, and this is especially you know prevalent in like a in video games like RuneScape, for example. So a doubling scam is when someone offers a free service to take, uh, you know, a, a certain quantity of, uh, you know, of, of valuable. So in this case, uh, for this hack, it was Twitter. So they were uh, soliciting a Bitcoin from people under these Twitter accounts. Um, so, uh, you know, these accounts were asking for uh, an amount of Bitcoin, and then they would promise that they would uh, return double that amount in Bitcoin uh, to the person who submitted that uh, amount of Bitcoin. So uh, there was a total of, I believe, a thousand coins that were uh, that were scammed <laughs> through these Twitter accounts. And so, uh, of course, this was a you know this, this high-profile uh, Twitter accounts were compromised, and because of that, multiple enforcement investigations have opened, including one from the uh, from the federal. Bureau of Investigation and actively probing the situation um, over our deeper concern that the exploited vulnerability in Twitter systems, as a result, it seems, of mid-level employees having powerful access to site-wide admins that can fall into the wrong hands, has exposed serious security risks for the platform's most powerful users. And so uh, it's it seems to be something that is, uh, you know, that, uh, this exploit is something by design there at... Uh, in uh, Twitter's system and how they manage, uh, you know, security and employee identities there as far as who can do what on the back end of Twitter. Um, now, uh, there was an attempt made to actually gain access to a Donald Trump's Twitter account, but he's got some extra some extra protections there on his account. And so, the, you know, they could not gain access to that. Um, but, uh, but as far as other people that that were compromised, Bill Gates' uh, Twitter account was compromised, Kanye West's Twitter account, uh, Michael Bloomberg, uh, as well as uh, you know a handful of other people. And, you know, I'm sure there's a um, there was a you know there's a full list out there, but I think those are the colorful individuals that I want to mention. And uh, in total, there were around 130 accounts that were targeted. Um, and so only a uh, you know some number of those were actually compromised in this hack. So um, let it be learned: don't donate your Bitcoin online. Okay, no one's gonna double your Bitcoin. Just just don't, <laughs> please. If you're gonna donate your Bitcoin, donate it to me. I can send you my wallet address, and and then uh, I'll take care of that Bitcoin for you. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's all the tech news Elon for Musk this week, fellas. Yeah, Elon Musk said double the Bitcoin. It's true. I mean, I'm not going to double your Bitcoin. I'll just, I'll just uh, take it off your hands. That way, you, you don't have to stress about having it. You know? Yeah. Well, that seems like a good deal to me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all night. All right. Um, you said that was your last tech story, correct, sir? Yeah. Yeah, that's the last tech story of the night. Jason, would you like to take it from here, or you want me to go ahead? Uh, I can take it from here as I don't have a whole lot to go over, and I feel like you might want to bring up Dr. Disrespect. Nah, you can bring him up if you want. Cool, I'm going to finish off with that. Then, just, uh, first off. The juiciest. First off, um, I have seen a couple of reviews on the on Paper Mario, the origami game, this game that I was so excited and so hyped for. And now I'm going to wait till the price drop to check it out. <laughs> That's the consensus. You got to let us know. 
Um, the easiest, if one of, if not the easiest of the Paper Mario series. And then this was known already for a little while, but there's no actual leveling system, so you don't actually level up. So that kind of is a bummer. It's good for people who like exploration, I guess, but at the same time, I don't want to play a game where like, I end up avoiding the combat because there's no real kind of benefit to it. Uh, one of the reviewers even threw out there that like, if he wanted to lose, he had to try <laughs> it's almost impossible to lose. It's that hard. And like watching this dude yeah. deal damage, I'm seeing him hit for like 25 and 28 damage on enemies. Which I mean, I don't really know what their basic health is like, but that just seems kind of like a lot compared to past Paper Mario games. Um, but I played any Paper yeah, so... Mario, so I would have nothing to compete against. I mean, I played. I played all of them except for Color Splash and Sticker Star. So, I don't have a whole lot. I wouldn't say too much investment in this in the series, but I am a, a big enough fan. That is a little bit of a letdown to me now. Yeah. But, um, a little lighter news, though, on, on the, in the same kind of spectrum, is a rumored Nintendo Direct happening on the 20th where a leak from a credible source, his name is Zippo, is he basically said that during this Nintendo Direct, they're going to announce the collection, remake collection of, or remaster collection of a lot of the older Super Mario games, including Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, the only thing is, like, if you were expecting, like, a full-blown remake of the game, it's not really it. It's, like, Super Mario 64, he said, is just going to be a slightly better-looking port with widescreen support. And Super Mario Sunshine and Galaxy are just basically HD ports of the game, which I feel like is fine. Every Mario game kind of has its own feel to it, and I'm okay with that. And kind of keeping it as just its own thing, what it was back then, with better visuals, I feel like would be a good way to actually get me to finish Super Mario Sunshine for once. I've played to the same point maybe four or five times, but I've never actually played it. I'd be really excited to uh, just have, uh, you know, those games running on modern hardware now, because if, you know, you, you basically, right now you only have two choices. You have one playing it on original consoles, which, uh, you know, because they're made of uh, circuitry that tends to degrade over time, can be a lackluster experience, if I'm lucky. Um, or you can emulate them on a computer, which can be expensive or can be, you know, or not really be a true-to-life experience, you know, to, to you know, the, the more uh, picky people out there who, uh, you know, really search out the best in their gaming experience, especially when they want to throw mm -hmm. back to what the what they were doing their way in the beginning of their game uh, lives. So, the, you know, re-releasing this on modern hardware um, to, uh, you know, which I assume is going to be a pretty good experience, especially for Nintendo with these games, and then I'm all for it. I wish they would do that for every game. Here we go. And then there was another little bit of the article I was looking for is they also are said to be releasing multiple collections. Those Those are just part of the first collection. Um, they're expected to also be doing Super Mario 3D World, uh, possibly Super Mario Galaxy 2. And that's all it names on this article itself. But if they're going to be doing multiple collections, they're definitely going to be doing more than just five games. That's good. really neat. More the merrier. Just to get back into. I agree. All right. So, moving quickly, rapid fire, like I said, we'll move on to the Dr. Disrespect thing. So, there hasn't been much more new info, almost at all. The last update that uh, that Dr. Disrespect himself came out and said is that he was considering legal action and that they still haven't updated him on why he was banned. So, even though it's nothing new, I feel like that's kind of his way of kind of putting to rest, like, it's not some crazy horrible thing and I can honestly see it possibly being as him just not wanting to say anything and go forward with a lawsuit because if basically if Twitch were to be able to find some shitty reason to break their contract with him 
and they were able to get away with it, it would set this kind of precedent that like streaming platforms and other platforms are good to go and do this kind of same thing with their creators whenever it suits them. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you, and, and that also kind of to me makes some sense as to why like Twitch is being so quiet and not wanting to say anything is, or not wanting their staff to say anything essentially is just kind of not to get themselves into any trouble. So at this point, am I saying that he didn't do anything wrong. No, I don't know that. Am I saying Twitch is in the right for banning him? No, because I don't know. So again, nothing really new coming from it, but it's still it's still playing out. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, there, this it, is the least developed development we've had ever, but it yeah. still is something. In the news, there is no new news. <laughs> so, in uh, honestly though, like personally, I hope that it is that they tried to do some shiesty shit to him, and he is gonna pursue the legal route because if it is that, and he does pursue that, he does pursue legal action against them and comes out on top, then it also sets a precedent of no, this is not okay. This is not something you can do. And it's better for everybody overall. Like, if it were some kind of allegation, sexual allegation, somebody would have come out and said something by now, I feel like. Yeah. There's no person that would be used. Like, if it was that he did something, like, something within the community, I guess, like, it's just too too it's too open it's too out there there's no real being able to hide it yeah he's too important to have it be he's so much after a bloody battle and i agree so that theory can uh, i think it can be confidently squashed i'd say so then again who that knows? though i mean well, yeah, I mean, I, that really takes care of my section. I don't have, unless you guys have any other last-minute thoughts on it, I just kind of want to get that update out there. But that really so, takes care of my section. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I have a question to pose about this particular issue. If that's not what Dr. Disrespect, you think, you know, we think is, is uh, you know, got banned for, what do you think it is at this point? Like I said, it... Much- it like in mystery. My only, what I'm hoping for, and what I what I could possibly see, it it does make sense that it is this way. Is that Twitch found a technically valid reason to ban him, and just did some shiesty shit to him. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very real possibility. I'm hoping that that's what it is, but I don't know. Even even some of like the news outlets that I watch on YouTube, some of the people that I watch there who were like, wow, this is getting crazy, and he did this, have completely 180 and is like, yeah, we hope he pursues legal action. We hope this. I have no idea where this is going. But I personally do feel like it's, it's very possible, and it, it seems more likely that there's not so much being like so much to read into it's a lot more surface level than it might seem but we again we can never know i feel like a a a whole lot of this reason that it's been blown up to be so big and like oh it's this huge thing is just because nobody knows anything yeah for sure it's definitely shrouded in mystery and so uh i think that's that what that's what's really uh really grown to uh grab people's interest in this whole situation. And Dr. Disrespect, he's pro- not, I mean, he's not necessarily profiting off of it, but definitely uh, in an advantageous position right now as far as the public view. For the oh, reasons yeah, I mean, we've already discussed. Yeah. He's got eyes on him that weren't on him before. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where it goes. And it's all yep. basically free promotion, so... Yeah, talk disrespect, mysteriously banned from Twitch. Woe is me. Woe is me. My, uh, my only, my my very last thought that I keep that I just keep forgetting to throw out there too is like the only thing, the only other reason that I feel like it might be a lot more surface level than it seems is like, why would he? I feel like he would 
like at this point he would be trying way too hard to make it seem like nothing's wrong only for the truth to eventually come out yeah which if that's the case can we really blame him you know like because <laughs> not until we know what the hell happened like, <laughs> well, right right but like but like if he did do something wrong right like like with him being like so hush about it like why would he want to you know if why would he want to keep it so quiet for so long uh you know instead of instead of just just coming out straight and apologizing and explaining what's going on right so uh, i i yeah. i think whatever's going on it's not you know it's not necessarily his fault that he's being wronged here um but because of how complex it is he can't really talk about it um and we saw, I mean, we saw those videos, you know, those compilations of him, you know, receiving a text midstream and then being all somber about it and then thanking his his fans. And then kind of, you know, and then that night is when uh, he was banned off of, uh, off of Twitch. So something going on, something super sensitive is going on, something super technical. And uh, we'll, we'll know eventually, but it's just killing all of us inside that we don't know what it is right now. I'm honestly still super shocked that they've been able to keep it as hush-hush as they have. That it hasn't yeah. managed to leak out from anywhere. See, that's, again, that just kind of plays more into of like, you know what, if Twitch did do something wrong, that's when they can be like, alright, NDA is for all of our staff. Yep. Very true. Very true. And anyone you know that Twitch has no reason to be quiet about it at this point. Right. They, they, they at this point could have been like, no, yeah, we totally banned him for this, this, and that. To be fair, though, I don't think Twitch ever comes public with their reasoning. Um, it's up to usually the streamer to decide whether or not they want to share it. Yeah, and I guess um, I, I don't know because if, even when when Donald Trump when Donald Trump's Twitch got banned, there was a reason immediately. If the oh, president of the United States is way. not good enough to warrant a Twitch ban, huh? And his channel which got unbanned, mind you, I forgot to know, uh, I forgot to squeeze into our uh, our news cycle, but it is now unbanned. <laughs> ah, well, still yeah. though, even then, immediately they had a reason as to why it was banned. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't up to somebody to have shared it. It's they, they like straight up said yes. <laughs> ben, <laughs> here's why. So, I mean, it's not. I don't sure. Maybe it's not up to them to go public with every single ban that they do. But something this high profile, I feel like they would. Have. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell. Indeed, sir. Indeed. But I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Ruben now. You guys have no other thoughts. Nope. Already I'm started. all docked out. Well, I'll go ahead and start off with um, an Xbox story. Microsoft is going to be launching xCloud streaming free with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate starting in September. Um, for those who might not know what that means, that means that... Um, Game Pass is going to be having xCloud, which is their streaming service, meaning um, it's going to be a bundle, so if you have Game Pass Ultimate, you can essentially stream any of the games that are on Game Pass to any kind of mobile device or tablet or, you know, PC if you didn't, for some reason, install Xbox's app on PC. Um... And it's all going to be in a single fourteen ninety nine monthly subscription, which is not bad at all. Mm-mm. People um, pay more for Netflix than that. Yeah, Microsoft is promising more than a hundred game Xbox Game Pass titles will be playable on a phone or tablet when the streaming service launches. Uh, Microsoft isn't detailing which countries will be supported at launch just yet, though. Um. The U.S. for sure, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would think U.S. for sure. Um, I would think Japan for sure. Um, I honestly don't know of many places except for, like, the ones that have really strict rules. Like, maybe, like, um, like some Middle Eastern countries, you know? 
Yeah. True. Um, but they never get any of the nice stuff. I think this is nuts considering that, like, Xbox is trying so hard to be, like, the good guys. They want everybody to be able to play games. Like, they do not need to do this. They have a new console coming out, and this service alone could be, like, could could work against them in a way. Like, sure, they're bringing you in, but if you have this service, there's no reason for you to get the next gen, it's especially when they're dropping their first-party titles day and date with the way, with how they release on console. So, like, example, Halo Infinite, the day it drops for people to pick up, it's going to be on Game Pass. Um, I don't think so much they're worried about, like, an impact on their sales because really... My, like Microsoft has so much that they don't even. If they were to just shut down Xbox one day, yeah, they definitely notice it, but they'll be fine. So it's it. I feel like they're using it more of as a way to kind of get it out there and be like, check out all of these games, and yeah, people play them on the go, but that's going to bring more attention and more people in, and just kind of get more people to try it that are willing to pay the extra money and, and go and get an Xbox for the better, for the full experience. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, um, while we're on the subject of Xbox, like, they also announced that um, they wouldn't be releasing any um, Series X exclusives for at least the first couple of years because they don't want to force people to have to break the bank to jump right into next gen if they don't want to so i think this is also you know just to further that um and kind of like you said draw more people in because the people who wouldn't have played an xbox game they're like well 15 dollars, i can try a whole bunch of stuff and see if i like it um especially yeah. especially when it comes to brand new people because they usually run deals like right now i want to say they're still doing the if you've never had Game Pass, you can still sign in for $1 for your first month. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, all around, I think this is a good move forward. I'm curious to see if PlayStation ever tries to do anything with their place, PS Now or PlayStation Plus in a similar vein. Here, it's, sorry, here's another way, too, that I actually just thought of to look at it is, is it, and it's along those same lines of getting people to try it is, you're going to get people, like you said, they're going to be like, I can try all of these games for so long, but let's just say that next-gen lasts 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. That's $14 times 12 months a year is $168 a year times 10 years. It's $1,680. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, it, you know, it's a good way to get people to try it, and you can... Microsoft themselves can use that as a price point of check it out. You know, we're selling Series X at even if it goes for five close to six hundred, which I don't think it will, but even if it goes for five close to six hundred, you can buy three Series X with the same price that you'd be paying throughout the generation. Does that make sense? Yeah. The math checks out. <laughs> And then another, another thing that people are unsure of right now is um, Xbox recently got rid of its option to buy a yearly amount of Xbox Gold. So people are also speculating whether um, their Gold service is going to be free or if it's gonna or if they're just gonna all roll it all together in that one fifteen dollar combo. Either that way, would be, would be really really good, honestly. Yeah. If they if they bundle Xbox Gold into that, holy like that would, would be a like Sony should be shaking in their boots. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Because I mean, if you have Xbox and you want to play online, you're gonna ha you're gonna want Gold anyway. And if you have Gold Game Pass and you can stream anywhere any at any time you want to, like. That's... But do you know what Sony also has? Demon Souls. Don't buy an Xbox. Buy Demon Souls. <laughs> I... I thought you said <laughs> Bean and Souls. I'll like, what? <laughs> What's Bean and Souls? I mean, that's basically what we're getting at, though. It's like, at, at this rate, you don't need to buy into Xbox um, as soon as it comes out, unless you really want that experience. 
know, which is good because options are always good for the consumers. Because um, when consumers run out of options, that's when they get super pissed, like me, because there's no options for uh, ITX motherboards for uh, V550 right now, and I'm really angry. But anyway, <laughs> I can digress. All right, uh, next up, I got kind of a funny story. Um, it's, <laughs> it's to deal with Red Dead Online. Um, oh, you, I, I already know. <laughs> as you guys <laughs> know, recently in, <laughs> I GTA, think I know. <laughs> recently in GTA 5, there was people dressing up as aliens. Well, now in Red Dead Online, there is a bunch of people running around dressed as clowns to protest a lack of updates. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, um, so, a Discord group who is like real, real big on Red Dead Online recently posted, um, saying, "Since we're all clowns for believing we'll get an update, it's fitting that we dress up as them in game too." <laughs> <laughs> and this sparked a bunch of people online to start dressing as clowns, and it is absolutely hysterical. Actually, um, it's really smart. I I could see why they why they'd be angry because the last update I want to say was the Moonshiners update, which was a while ago. Oh lord! And I yeah. feel like um, I feel like at this rate, even though it's an older game, they still update Grand Theft Auto way more. Ew. for sure. However, I, I've seen. However, Grand Theft Auto is going on PS5 and Xbox Series X. <laughs> Are you sure they update it more? <laughs> I was going to say, however, <laughs> I could also see it being way harder to think of original ideas for back-end Cowboy Days. Because, like, with GTA, you can always come up with different cars. Like, they're, they're not going to invent a new horse. For Red Dead Online. <laughs> so, yeah, but would you be mad if they put a rocket horse in Red Dead Online? I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> Alright then. <laughs> rocket engines that strap the horse. Just rocket around app. A laser revolver. <laughs> um, I'd be uh, all for it. Let's see, that's that. And then next up. Twitch stopped the U.S. Army from using fake giveaways for recruitment. <laughs> That's a wild headline. <laughs> yeah, this story comes from GameSpot. Um, the U.S. Army esports channel has reportedly been linking to giveaways that did not appear to exist. Can we just admire the there's a U.S. Army esports channel? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, like, how else would you recruit people everything. nowadays? So basically, the way this would work is a link would periodically appear in the U.S. Army's Twitch chat that would advertise the chance to win an Xbox Elite Series 2 controller, but would instead lead to a sign-up page with no information about the contest. <laughs> a disclosure <laughs> states that a recruiter would contact those who filled out the form, and people as young as 12 were able to fill out the form. Oh my god. <laughs> That should be illegal. <laughs> Although a notice given after the form is filled out states that recruiters cannot contact anyone under the age of 16. Um, Twitch has taken steps to shut down the giveaways, it told Kotaku. Uh, per our terms of service, promotions on Twitch must comply with all applicable laws. This promotion did not comply with our terms, and we have required them to remove it. Um, this is <laughs> bad bad look for the US Army. <laughs> yeah, at the uh, very least. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> um, Dang it, US Army. Is it weird that I'm not surprised, though? Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's not something you would expect to happen, but when it does, you're not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it's like, god damn it. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> That's all the reaction you have is God damn it <laughs> Sometimes it's all that can be said I think it would have been Can you imagine if someone went a step further And with that Twitch hack Changed it to where their links Were a rickroll <laughs> That would be fantastic That would be very Fantastic 
All Not right. gonna lie. Well, I got one more story before we get into some discussions that I want to talk about, and that is Metacritic has stopped letting people review games on the day they're released. <laughs> um, this is, of course, an attempt to stop review bombing following the release of Last of Us. <laughs> My God. That's a good idea, but I know how petty I am. I know I can wait a week. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's not even a week. Uh, Metacritic wants people to actually play a game before reviewing it, so the site now requires ah. users to wait 36 hours from when a new game is released before getting a score. The intention is to prevent review bombing campaigns where people leave negative scores on a title sometimes as a way to punish the developer. Heading to a review page for a recently released title on Metacritic will now display the message, please spend some time playing the game, <laughs> with a specific date and time when a user can publish a review for that game on the site. <laughs> uh, I can appreciate the sentiment, but they know damn well that's not going to help anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, they got to try at least, right? I, I, I just... I think it'd be better if they didn't show the date because you know those people who are like Jason are just gonna set an alarm on their computer <laughs> <laughs> to review bomb it with the reminder bomb this game. I'm not. I'm not gonna go review bomb a game. I just know how petty I am when I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we said, you're gonna set an alarm. <laughs> um, a little. One little, one little throw-in story that I have. Um, Lego, I don't know if you guys seen this, but Lego made a 2,600-piece replica of playing Mario on the NES, and it's going to launch August 1st. They made I, more 2,600-piece replicas of playing Mario on the NES than they have Switches right now. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. This new set contains 2,646 pieces that combine to create Nintendo's first home console, as well as an NES controller, a game cartridge that can fit into the console, and a miniature retro TV. The TV displays Mario traversing through a stage from the 1985 classic. And a crank located on the left side of the TV lets you move the mustached plumber up and down between platforms. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, let's do his mustache. I was like, away! I want it. <laughs> here's here's what I here's what I want to know from you guys. Can you guys guess the price? Oh yeah, it's something fucking stupid like four hundred dollars or three hundred dollars or something like that. If it's not even more ridiculous. Nope. I'm guessing five hundred. It's not five hundred e. No, you guys way overshot it. One ninety nine. Okay. What am I thinking of? I was thinking of something else then. The website is saying 230 Oh, it was close. Second guess was close. I still ain't paying $230 for no fucking Legos. Hey, man. <laughs> this thing looks legit, right? <laughs> yeah. And I have to I know it together to myself. Come on. <laughs> uh, Pedro, have you actually seen it? <laughs> I've seen a picture of it. I haven't seen it in action um, on a news article. So, not really. Oh. I would say no. Alrighty, well, that is all the news stories I have. Um, I know we possibly have some things to talk about, assuming y'all want to. No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, I, just... <laughs> uh, I don't know what the fuck you're talk. talking about. Well, I mean, Pedro recently started Last of Us 1. I started Ghost oh, of Tsushima. Yes. Madge is currently playing Ghost of Tsushima. And Jason played half of Last of Us 2. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and not gonna go any further. God damn it! <laughs> that's an important. That's an important detail. Jason will lie. not progress any further. I'm not gonna lie to the people, Jason. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. That no. That's exactly the issue I have with it. It's exact. That, that entire half of the game. Could have taken up an hour or two instead and had the same effect. I saw the ending of the game. The ending was very well done. The ending was great. <laughs> I would have loved to to have been able to sit there and finish the game. 
but I never would have sat there and finished the game because it left such a sour taste in my mouth that I wasted an entire day from when I woke up to when I laid down to get to where I was only to have that ripped away from me and make me start from scratch when I woke up and hauled ass to try and get through the game before work that day. He's on. Then I review bombed it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> two, two, out, two out of ten. Screw you, Nutty Dogs. Still, story still. Very, very good story. Gameplay, fun. It was The Last of Us. I enjoyed it while I did play it. I just didn't feel like basically starting again halfway through the game. It is not a, a spoiler by any means, Pedro, but in Last of Us 2, it feels amazing to run away. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. That it, is absolutely like, one of the best is, parts. Yeah, <laughs> it is one of my favorite parts of that game is running away from enemies. Running away. <laughs> <laughs> because it feels like so natural and great. <laughs> I've never, I've, I've never realized how how rare it is in like a game like that where you have to run away. Normally, you're like one one man army, kill every last thing that moves, which I'm also cool with. But that kind of put it into perspective of like what it probably should be like. <laughs> Um, all that being said, what are your thoughts on Last of Us so far, Pedro? Where where are you at? Where's abouts is you at? Well, uh, I'm currently smuggling Ellie through the city, so it's the nighttime portion, like the beginning of smuggling early, her. Early. There. There. So, yeah, I mean, I've only played it one one evening so far, and that's how far I got. Um, the controller I'm playing with has drift issues, so every time I've tried to shoot someone, uh, I can't <laughs> physically. The controller stops hey, me from aiming. Last of Us was already kind of hard to aim on, too, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I've been told, but I don't think it's that hard to aim it. <laughs> I think it's just the controller being really, really wonky. <laughs> So uh, you're gonna you're gonna be surprised. With... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still have the you'd, entire you'd game in really front of me. You'd be surprised how many headshots from point blank range shoot somebody in the shoulder. <laughs> I can't. I the part I can't wait for isn't isn't too far ahead. It's pretty early in the game, but it's it's arguably the hardest part in the game to shoot. <laughs> Oh gosh, and you know what? My coworker—I mentioned that to my coworker too. He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna want a working controller because I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's gonna be a part that you're gonna need a working controller to shoot with." And I was like, "Oh gosh, <laughs> Jason, I really know the part." <laughs> I don't. No. <laughs> Not that early in. At least I can't remember. I'll I'll, I'll message it to you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I guess I'll just cross that bridge when I get there. I have not yet. My, I, I don't know how often it happened in the first one either, though, but, like, one of the, like, it made me feel, like, really, really evil, but really, really cool at the same time was, like, uh, there's parts where, like, rival survivors would chase you down into, like, an area infested with clickers. And so, like, my first instinct is, well, shut the hell up, find a bottle, throw it, and as soon as you do that, all of the clickers around us fuck everybody up because they start panicking. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's fantastic. Um, playing, playing how much have, as you have, Pedro, does it feel like a 2013 game? No, no. I mean, it kind of does because my TV is really large and I'm playing it real close to my TV, so the pixels are very apparent. Um, but, uh, you know, like, sound design's great, like, the writing is great, like, I was playing it and I was like, damn, like, I don't, I don't want to have to worry about having to actually play the game, can it just happen? <laughs> so to watch, Speaking so to watch of it. writing, that was one gripe I did have, and it is being a little bit nitpicky, is I do feel like the story was pretty predictable for Last of Us 2. Compared to The Last of Us 1, or compared to everything in general? Compared to life? A little of both. It's like... <laughs> so, I mean... I don't want to spoil it for you, so I can't get into much detail. But I knew yeah, right yeah, away... I knew right away who the... Like, the instant that they showed up on screen, they're not presented as them, but I knew right away who the main villain was. <laughs> like as soon as she appeared on screen yeah 
the whole of it. It happens. <laughs> and then once I got to the point where I got, I was able to tell what, sure, I didn't know exactly how it ended. That's The ending was very, very, very well done for what it was. But as soon as it did what it did, I knew how it was going to end. And then it kind of lost its magic because of that. Yeah. Still highly recommend if, like, if you're going to play through them, Pedro, like, I do recommend if you can sit there and play through that second section of the game that I just personally couldn't, like, go through to the end of the story. It's a really good story. I do recommend playing through it at least once. I just personally don't have the patience to sit through starting fresh basically i mean the only game i've ever rage quit and never finished playing was uh slender van the eight pages so <laughs> i don't think i'll be adding the last of us two to that uh that prestigious list i think i got to five or six on slender man i've gotten to page seven and i died uh. that was a long time ago i should play it again i played it like a, a year ago Maybe I should pick it up again. It's, it's still probably just as scary as, as I remember trying to think. Like, just thinking, I'm picturing myself playing in a dark room all alone with, this, with my speakers just full blast. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good place to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, playing, I that's kind of the way I played through Amnesia. <laughs> when that came out. And it was a big old deal, and it was shit your pants scared. It's not so bad now because, like, I know, but I actually started playing through the remaster a little bit on the Switch. And even playing portable, like, on the go, I was getting uneasy. <laughs> like, out in broad daylight, other people around, I was getting uneasy because it's just, it's still so tense of a game. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, that's why it's famous, right? Yep. Ooh, well, do you guys got anything else to talk about tonight? I will be picking up my copy of Tsushima on Tuesday, and I'm fairly certain I'm going to enjoy that one because, to my understanding, it's just straight up a revenge story, no twists or assholes of making you start from scratch. <laughs> I'm still salty about that. <laughs> Understandable. I don't have a, a PlayStation, so. Alrighty, well. That being said, sirs, I'm gonna go ahead and play the outro after y'all give y'all's goodbyes. Alright, that was good, being, good podcasting with you guys. We'll talk to everybody next week. Yep, always is a great podcast. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.